Hi, and welcome to the Swede Life Podcast, hosted by me, Jill. The Swede Life Podcast is an anthology of life abroad, the female story, interviewing women from all over the world and telling a uniquely female perspective on the migrant narrative of life in Sweden. We're back. Yes, after a week of no podcast, we are back in action. Here we are. And in this week's episode, I talked to Nicole Pepper, founder, owner, businesswoman, entrepreneur uh, of the institution that is Sticky Nikki. And if you don't know what Sticky Nikki is and you live in Stockholm, I don't know where you've been hiding for, well, yeah, ever. Um, Sticky Nikki is the primo organic gelato provider for the whole of Stockholm. <laughs> um, and uh, to say that I was fangirling just a tad <laughs> when I met with uh, Nicole or Nikki, as she likes to be known, uh, it was, um, it, it might come across as being a bit obvious. <laughs> so Nikki, I'm really sorry if I came across as being a complete weirdo. Um, I was uh, just slightly in awe of your presence. And um, quite rightly so, because uh uh, Nicole built uh, Sticky Nikki from nothing. In 2008, she opened her first store um, and it's gone on in the last 10 years. They now have eight different stores around Stockholm and a ninth is going to be arriving next spring. And if you listen in carefully to the rest of this podcast, you're going to hear an exclusive about where it's going to be and what it's going to be about. So please do continue listening. Um, but we, uh, I had a great chat with Nicole, um, originally from Texas. Um, she has an incredible story um, of travel, uh, of how she found herself in Stockholm. Um, and we also talked about life in Sweden, uh, what it was like for her as a, a female entrepreneur building a business and being taken seriously, um, but also what her definition of success was. Um, because Sticky Nikki, um, the principles behind it is is, is good quality product um, and a and personable service, not profit margins. I met Nikki uh, very early one Thursday morning, a couple of weeks ago, um, at her Gamlestan store. And we were there before opening. Uh, so <laughs> there could be some interesting noises in the background, but that's that's for the, that's the ice cream talking. Think about it like that. Hi. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for joining me and allowing me to interview you. Um, it's, I'm kind of really excited about this. <laughs> it's such it's a the ice cream. Trip. You know I'm going to give you ice cream. <laughs> no, no, maybe. Yeah, maybe. There's a freezer full right know, next to us. I know. Um, so we're sat in the Gamlestan store yep. of Sticky Nicky. Um, and um, before we started recording, I said that this is an institution. Which and you're I was kind of so like flattered. <laughs> no one's ever said that. I can't believe that nobody's ever said that because I'm looking right over your shoulder just now at this um, washing line full of amazing reviews and media coverage um, in Swedish and in English. Um, and yeah, I mean, Sticky Nikki is huge here. How many stores have you got now? Eight. Eight stores. And don't tell anyone, <laughs> but there's going to be a ninth one Woo! next year. We haven't announced it formally. Okay. But you can keep the location a secret just now. Should I? Should I say? Yeah, and then it's only the people <laughs> listening who will know. It's going to be on Sermon. 
Another one. Another Studermom. Okay. Yeah, right near Neatoriet. Nice yeah, location. I know, I know. In Sofo. Yep. Nice. Oh, that's going to be We've been awesome. looking a long time to put one there. And we're going to do some new stuff as well. Ooh, okay. Haven't quite worked out what, but just something new. <laughs> so the season is closing out now for ice cream. Yes, thank God. I mean, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it must be a huge undertaking. Summer, getting prepared. I mean, do you spend all of the sort of winter, spring yeah. months just get gearing up to planning, creating... Stuff I don't mean I don't I don't know what goes into making ice cream. What how how does it uh, work? Milk. It work? And, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, on Saturday, water and uh, yeah. vegan stuff and uh, no, we spend um, we work insane amounts from March through August, mm-hmm. and then in September we just whine and bitch and piss and moan about all the things we don't want to do and <laughs> we struggle to keep staff for the last month of the season because people go back to school and okay. then we end up standing and scooping ice cream ourselves. Mm. September's a rough month. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry I caught you at a rough time. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, it's not rough for anyone, but like the core four of us who work the most. Okay. We're, we're a, a driver, um, a woman who manages the staff, um, man who manages operations mm. and me who mm-hmm. kind of well I do what the operations guy says actually <laughs> and, and he that's James that's James yeah and he's also in charge of is he in, also in charge of um, social media that's me is it yeah well oh. wait I usually post things and he usually answers people because I'm really bad at follow through okay or or if someone says something offensive, I get really angry and answer in a really... Pissy way? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you're not allowed. I'll answer. You post things and I'll answer. Fair enough. I, yeah, I think that's a good combination yeah. because I, 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 I can understand that. I've done the same myself. It's, uh, but I think that part of the... I believe part of some of the success is the social media. Because really? I do, I think oh, so. Oh, don't tell James that it's making me do more. He told me it should be 25% of my job. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. But James, it's true. Shh. <laughs> Silence. Um, no, but it's good because you've got a lot of people doing the work for you. I mean, you have, it's a, you know, the strategy is you get people to share all of the content. You know, they create the content, you share it, all that kind of stuff. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, but when you're my age... It's, which is 40, 14 something, <laughs> um, then you, social media is not, it's not as interesting as it is to yeah. someone who's 20. I get that. I can understand that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the, I'm, I'm becoming disenchanted. I am learning to walk and surf on my phone at the same time though. I'm learning this skill. I'm mastering it. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm on the other end. I'm needing to like put the phone down when I'm walking because, well, if you've seen from the front of my phone, that's what happens. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a bit cracked. broken. It's a bit broken. You're getting pieces of glass in your ear while you're speaking on it. So, um, but I think what people really want to know is about you because you don't really feature very much in a lot of the... So, well, I, mean, I know that you post the social media stuff, um, but... It's, it's mostly just about 
the shops and the flavors the and cream. the ice cream. Well, it's, it's all not about, about me. It is about the ice cream. And I don't, I don't want to build a, the business. I think in the beginning, it's, I'm, I'm very happy you say this because that is the goal is to move it more into a brand and less about me. Okay. It's the beginning, maybe the first, what, five, six, seven years, mm. it was, it was for sure about me. Okay. I really felt like, yeah. but that was also, I stood in the store at Jatkotan and I made the ice cream all day, all long. Yeah. yeah the, the first year, well, the first three years were in the kiosk mm-hmm. on Tegelbakken, mm-hmm. which doesn't exist. Well, it exists, but it's not Stekiniki anymore. Mm-hmm. And then um, the year I had, I, I got pregnant the last uh, 2010 and I worked in the kiosk all summer and it was horrible. Every time I made a tuna fish sandwich, I threw up. Oh my God. Um, and then, um, and then they, the city called us and told us in December that we couldn't have the kiosk next year. And I was super pregnant. And I'm thinking, yay, yeah. I'm just going to be mama leading for the yeah. whole year. At, like normal people for once in my life, like mm. a normal person. Mm. But then the baby came um, that beginning of March Mm -hmm. and I got super super bad postpartum depression okay for like literally I wanted to take me take the baby and throw us both out a window that bad and it didn't go away usually you just get the baby blues four or five days yeah yeah. mine didn't go away Mm -hmm. so I'm sitting there with this newborn baby thing just crying and thinking about I'm losing my business. Everything's bad. Life is shit. And so I started looking on Block It and I found the store at Yatgatan and I thought, huh, I'm going to open a store. I have all the stuff. I have all the equipment. Mm. I just paint it pink and, you know, with the two-week-old baby. <laughs> so that's what we did. Bought the store, bought the contract, laid the tile myself if anyone's been in the Yatkotan store you will see the worst floor tile and job <laughs> in the world painted the walls pink yeah um got uh, my awesome Aussie carpenter who's been with us from day one mm-hmm. at the kiosk and who's a really good friend of mine to build stuff mm-hmm. and he he hates like he hated the company in the beginning because he's like a fine woodworking carpenter and I would ask him to MacGyver everything. <laughs> Can you just make this stair be two centimeters shorter? No, no, no. I don't want to spend any money. I just want you to make it just shorter. Just use that plywood over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the store opened at Yatgatan. I had the baby and a baby Bjorn. Sometimes breastfeeding her while I scooped ice cream Brilliant. in the baby Bjorn. <laughs> Don't, I have no idea how that really worked, but it worked. Um, sometimes shushing customers when they came in, if they were too loud, if the baby was sleeping. Shh, shh, yeah, you can have ice cream. The baby's asleep. Don't talk so loud. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Um, and then as the season went on, she got a little bigger. She sat in a waffle cone box. She loved it. Awesome. But you should have heard. People were screaming at me. This isn't a doggies. You can't have your kid at work. My God. Yeah, it was a crazy summer. (laughs) And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, you should be Mama Ledig, of course. Mm. I'm like, "Mm, no ice cream for you. (laughs) 
interesting. Like I, yeah, start running your, running your own business while you know having to deal with the, you know the usual stuff for. I I just, how. I guess what I want to know is how did, how did you get the business? Where did the business concept come from? What did the it just evolved? Yeah. You know, you see all the the branding and stuff that didn't come until much much later mm. actually my naprapat um his sambo is the one responsible for that she's wow. awesome she has her own uh, branding media company okay Monroe uh-huh. Uh-huh. design okay uh, and she's the one she put together a new website she yeah. put she made it where I, I, all of our stores don't really look the same mm, but they have the but they have the same, same feeling yeah, yeah. exactly and she helped with that a lot with all the, the weird stuff on the walls yeah. and, and she took my my cow so the cow logo yeah i drew it on a child's um computer drawing program yeah love it no, 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 no. Not this one. Oh, okay. Okay, I was going to say, really? <laughs> it, it, look, it was a stick figure cow, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It was the big belly, just like this. So I asked her, that was the first thing I asked her, can you make my cow 2.0 version? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's the only one, because I, I probably asked five or ten other people to do it. She's mm-hmm. the only one who got what I meant and mm-hmm. what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So she turned it into cow 2.0. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I if you if you saw it from far away, it, it was a white cow on a black flag, and it looked like skull and crossbones. <laughs> Yay! Great branding yeah. for an ice cream store. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in that, I, I mm-hmm. want to know about where Nikki came from and how did Nikki end up in 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 Stockholm in Sweden sure yeah yeah it's an origin story everybody loves a superhero origin story Uh, I was born in Texas I was born in Texas (laughs) I was I was born in Texas in a little tiny redneck uh, hick town Mm -hmm. Um, which is offensive I'm very sorry to the people who are still living there I don't think we have any listeners that come from there anyway, so it's okay. Okay, good. <laughs> I do have some friends who are still there, but it is, yeah. I'm sorry, it, it is a racist redneck kick town, and I left the day after I graduated high school. Yeah. Um, then I went to university, was in a very big hurry to get through university. I hated my high school, so I'd done a bunch of university classes. Okay. So I finished university quite early, and then I went to cooking school, which was like my reward in life for finishing mm. all mm. the boring... Mm-hmm. And normal had you, had you always been into cooking and yeah. baking and pastry making and so on yeah 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 at that time there was no internet and my absolute <laughs> yeah there was no internet sorry i'm really old uh you know 40 14 yeah yeah and so i found i i knew i wanted to go to cordon bleu in paris mm. i love julia childs mm-hmm. um she's julia child She's my favorite uh, female chef in the world, mm-hmm. rest her soul. Um, so yeah, so I went to Paris. I went to cooking school. I packed all my bags and mm-hmm. went all by myself, 20 years old. Um, stayed awake on the plane all night drinking <laughs> with, <laughs> Great. With, with a cute French boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, totally never flown abroad in my life ever 
I think I'd been out of the country once at that point to Bermuda, which was like a two-hour flight from Texas. Yeah. Or sorry, to the Bahamas at that uh-huh. point. Um, got to France. They were so rude. I just wanted to leave. I actually asked if I could Get return home. The plane. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> if if I had been able to return home, then I would have. I was crying in the airport. They were so mean to yeah. me. Finally, there was one really nice man. I don't know who you are, but I love you. Thank you. Helped me with my bags, helped me figure out how to do stuff, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Put, pointed me in the right direction, and I found my hotel. Because, once again, no internet, no phone, no nothing. Yeah. I had an address on a piece of paper. God. Yeah. Um, found and Paris, I mean, I, like, I've only been to Paris Ooh. a few times, but it's not the most uh, congenial no. place, even in <laughs> France, to, to, to get anything or do anything, but... No, but the next morning, I because I, I of course complete amateur, I went straight to bed when I got in the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Well, after Woke all that drinking it. on the plane, yeah. I would <laughs> <laughs> Woke up two in the morning, completely jet lagged. Um, left the hotel at two in the morning, started walking around, found pan au chocolat. Uh-huh. That was it. I, you know, the deal was. I was staying in France. No, no rude Frenchman was gonna make me leave. After, at make this me point. leave my pan of chocolate. Ate, <laughs> ate three of them, <laughs> and followed on that path for about three months. Nice. Put on about uh, I don't know ten kilos. Oh. Was there it was awesome. Best weight I put on ever. <laughs> Cooking school was great. I loved it. I could speak no French except for if it had to do with food. That's it. Mm. Couldn't talk about anything else but mm. food. And how long were you at Cordon Bleu for? A year. A year. Mm-hmm. And I went back to the States for a very short period of time, worked a little bit, and I really wanted to keep traveling. So I traveled. Do you really want the whole story? You can, I mean, you, you, oh, just oh, the, the highlights. Yeah. The highlights. <laughs> so I, I worked a little in the States, and then I traveled um, a lot. Yeah. I would work and save money, and then I would go off traveling. And why was traveling so important? Was it just... Being a, a, I don't want to say stupid American, but stupid American. Yeah. You don't learn anything in school. Yeah. You know, okay. Any history classes you took center around how did it affect the U.S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was that not the same, though, in most you know, no, Western... No, I don't think so. I would say it was probably the same in the UK. That's how I feel about really? it. Yeah, yeah. But that's how I feel about my history experience. I mean, obviously, um, I didn't study history any further no. than, say, you know, high school. But very much within the high school framework, it was just all about the Second World War. <laughs> and, and which is a big deal. And how I it get affected it, the UK. how it affected the UK, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's quite common. Well, I think I think Americans are exceptionally bad in knowing any facts about the rest of the world. Mm. They can't even... I think the average fifth grader can't point out Canada or Mexico on a map. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's extreme. That's, that's terrifying. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Especially nowadays. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's not go there. Yeah, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so then you... So as you were traveling... Traveled, I worked... Um, because I was a pastry chef, I was able to work uh, legally some places, illegally other places, like Italy, where they never want to sort out your paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not the first person to say that. No. But it was lo- I love Italy. Oh, I love Italy. If I didn't have to work, I would live there for sure. Yeah. But the, working there is just... Hellish. Yeah, it is hellish. 
Um, then I blah, 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 ended up in Taiwan. Um, still cooking, still pastry chefing? No, in Taiwan, I decided I wanted, was, the last place I had been was uh, four years in Atlanta. I had a wedding take cake business. Mm-hmm. Broke up with a horrible guy, left mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. went to Taiwan and had uh, my best friend in the world there. Mm-hmm. Um, who's still there 25 years later. (laughs) So I did writing and voice recording. Voice work. Yeah. Although you can't tell from my voice right now. I'm I'm so sick. (laughs) Um, But where you you put on the little kids' voices. Okay. For books and stuff. It was awesome. Wow. Um, And then I met my... uh, I met my future ex, Uh Swede. (laughs) In... Uh, Taiwan, and I went with him to China for a year, France for a year, and then we moved back to Sweden. See my air quotes with my fingers for a little while. And, <laughs> and um, 12 years later. Is it 12? Or is 11. It? I don't know. 11. It's 11. Uh, 11 years. 11 years later. Um, uh, minus the, the Swedish partner, I'm still here with business and a kid. Yeah. And when you arrived in Sweden. I mean, I, I I guess ice cream and pastry they're not so far apart, or you know. But the, the seemed... well, I had worked in Italy. Um, I worked in a pub oh, in Italy, yeah. an Irish pub, and I there was this. Re- I thought I was so in awe of this guy's business. Yeah. Um. He he worked all summer like a maniac. Yeah. And he was off all winter, and he returned back to uh, Bergamo and did skiing and whatever the hell he did. But he was off six months, and he worked six months. And I just thought, oh, my God, sign me up. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, so I used to help him for free. I would just go in. And, what do you want me to do? I'm a pastry chef. So that's uh, how you learn how to make really excellent ice cream. Yeah. And it's how I learned Italian. That oh. Italian boyfriend as well. That helped. <laughs> so how many languages do you speak then? I thought you were going to say, how many boyfriends have you had? <laughs> I've had some. <laughs> Not that nosy. <laughs> so, but how many languages do you know? Um, Swedish. Yeah. Swedish works. Not you, I've, I've, heard you li- I've heard you speak Swedish. Yeah, but it's a really poor grammar in every language except... English, well, uh, Italian you? is better than my Swedish mm-hmm. uh, because no one there speaks English. It really helps. Mm-hmm. And Swedish and really bad French, really bad Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I used to speak enough Mandarin to get around, but now I've forgotten everything. Wow. I, I mean, I had so much admiration for people that speak different languages. For me, that's a big, I'm like, I think, God. But for Europeans, it's, it's not a big deal. But for Americans, I'm like a genius. <laughs> but, but my languages aren't good. I mean, my, my skills aren't good. But I think but I'm, what I'm beginning to learn is that it's not necessarily about how good they are. It's just that, you know, if you can just make yourself understood, that is, you know, it's, it means more to people than it does, you know, for it to be totally accurate. True. That, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, because I've been here for three years now and I can just barely hold a conversation in Swedish. Yeah, I can speak great. I can speak better with my daughter. So I think my my level is about 3 year old. 
But you have to speak. You have to speak English to your. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. We, I do as well, and she she speaks English too. So what fine. I got with my kid was she would respond to me in Swedish. Yeah. And I would speak English, and she would respond in Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then about I guess age four, she started separating the languages. Yeah. She we we had an interesting moment because I had a real panic when she was about two and a half. Oh my god, she's never going to speak English. Oh my god, she doesn't understand what I'm saying. All that sort of stuff. And then one morning, she got out of bed, and I said, you know, good morning to her, or in my case, my sambo said something to her in English, and she turned around to him and she went, no, Papa, you speak to me in Swedish. And I was like, ooh, attitude, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was when that was the moment for me when I was like, oh, thank God, right, it's fine, it's going to be okay. She knows, she understands that there's two different languages going and, on here. And, and here, the kids, they get even if they have no English-speaking parents, they get English here by like ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about it, but I just think it. I think the whole bilingual, is trilingual, multilingual thing is. Fascinating. Yeah. It's from something that really interests me, especially for in kids and how they're just so like they're just they just take everything in. It's the it's so it's so much easier if you learn them from a yeah. from a young age. My dad's from former Yugoslavia, mm. but he didn't speak any Serbian to us when he was when we were kids. Ah, right. He became because that's what you did. You moved to the U.S. And you and assimilated. You American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was more yeah. American than I'll ever be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I was watching a documentary on about America a few weeks ago. And instead of using the word integrate, they were talking about immigrants. It was always assimilation. Assimilation, assimilation, assimilation. Mm-hmm. And it really struck me. I, I kind of, I was, I've never heard that word used. I know, I don't know what they're doing. They're banging on windows. Okay. That's Sorry, there, Sorry. there's some Sorry. workmen out there doing stuff. We can't stop them. But anyway. Yeah. Um... Yeah, they were talking about, um, oh yeah, no, immigrants have to assimilate in America. And I've never heard that word used in that sense here in uh, in Europe. But you're right, in America, it's like assimilate or go home. That's it. There's no kind of blended culture or... Refugees get about one year of proper assistance. Yeah. That's it. You're on your own. You better have learned the language and found a job by then or you're screwed. And you really do have to become... It is you about do. the American dream. It's like it's nothing. It's that or nothing. You know? Yeah, so I, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's um, it's different for sure. Mm. Um, well, let's not go into politics. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, we keep saying that. No, let's not. No, this nobody wants to hear more about that. <laughs> Oof, God. Um, so you're in Sweden. Yes. And uh, you've you've kind of come up with this concept of gelato ice cream thanks to your time in Italy. Right, because. Uh, when even before I moved here, I went around with my then partner on a tandem bike, and he took me to all the best places in Stockholm for ice cream. And everywhere we went, I said, "Meh, I can do better." Yeah, yeah, I can do better. Everywhere we went, it's like you, even uh, one place which won't name. Um, <laughs> they they're supposed to be the best, and they've been here a long time, but. I'm sorry, their mint was bright green. You can't... Mm. Mint is not bright green. If it's ice cream, it's just not. Mm. It's not. Mm. And it, colorings and flavorings and mm. additives and mm. chemicals. Mm. and I don't want to eat that. Yeah. And that was what I was going to ask you about that. When it came to you creating the product, um, 
the you know you're very in, in all of the branding and all of the um the yeah it's the, the values of sticky nikki it's about being organic yeah it's about being, and, and that that yeah. grew organically huh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but the first year i was buying i didn't okay i'm really good at faking my way through stuff mm, mm. Uh, so the first year i bought in um like for the sorbets and stuff i bought in these powder powdered dextrose yeah, the sugars yeah powdered dextrose mm. glucose which i thought you had to have mm. Mm. Uh, I, I had taken a gelato course and they taught you have to have this you have to use this you have to use this or it won't become ice cream so then um actually it was a mistake yeah it was a mistake we got really busy yeah and i ran out of the stuff i needed so i'm like oh shit it's 25 degrees no one has it here I don't speak enough Swedish to tell people what I want so I'm like just gonna do it with sugar and fruit and water and see what happens and it was fine and I'm like when the hell have I been buying this stuff it's a what so that's that's how it began and then once I fixed the sorbets Mm. I moved on to the milk bases uh, at that point, we didn't even have a vegan anything. Yeah. We, I think we did maybe, because our sorbets are vegan, so we did maybe 20%, 25% vegan. Yeah. Now mm. we're over mm-hmm. 50, mm. I think. And I what, what was there something that triggered the whole, the, 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 the decision to be, to create more vegans? Yeah, the demand. demand. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and like I say now, and I say it to the vegans who send me mails and say you should be one hundred percent vegan. I'm like, well, when the demand is there, I will keep changing the whole business over. As we have a whole vegan store this year at Maria Toyot. Yeah. Oh Um, wow. Yeah, hundred percent vegan. Brilliant. It goes gangbusters. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I think when I because I'm I'm. I have a very small business. I'm trying to grow and develop that business myself. And I am always looking for people to inspire me in terms of how they are um, flexible and they are they like to constantly evolve their business. And for me, listening to that story, I, that's, that's exactly how... Makes you want to make ice cream. Not quite, no. <laughs> But it makes me want to have, it makes me want to develop my business in that sense of being dynamic, of, you know, being able to listen to my customers, listen to what their needs are, what they want. I mean, that's the, just the key to a successful business, isn't it? And then you, yeah. you know, you've now developed how many stores and it's... Nine, eight, nine yeah. next year. Yeah. Maybe ten if we're fined. If we find another good place, yeah, and that find some and money. And do you still get? Do you, do you still get to have six months off every every? Uh, no, <laughs> but I still um, I still get some good time off, and the, there's come a point now where I want those six months off again. Yeah. And the only way, uh, the only way I can get more time off now is to grow it a little bigger. Mm-hmm. So when it was when it was four or five stores, mm-hmm. I, I was I still have to do all the work myself. Now when it's eight or nine, we all of a sudden all of a sudden have the the chance to hire someone who can do 
the majority of the work. <clears throat> James. <clears throat> um, yeah. But I still want, I want my six months off. Yeah. And I, I think that's actually what I said when I hired James is I want time with my kid in the summer because she's seven now. Mm. I don't want to have her in summer, summer preschool, mm. which, which we did a lot when she was younger. Yeah. Um, and I want to be able to surf in the winter still because <laughs> I love surfing. Okay. Um, so, yeah. In Australia? Or where do you, where'd you go? Um, last year, or this year in January was Sri Lanka. Crocodiles, one word, crocodiles. Oh my god, right. Terrifying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're, they're, that's, would you say that your definition of a success, or your definition of success would be to have that, to regain that time off? That, that yes, to have, But absolutely. still have the business continuing to, 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 to work. How with, I want it to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like, I mean, I'm not saying that this is, because it's absolutely not franchised at all. No. But it, it's very much like that model where, you know, you can take a step back and know that the business is going yeah. to continue to run as, as successfully as it was with you yes. in place. And a, a lot of the time what uh, control freaks don't realise, <clears throat> me, is <laughs> that if you do take a step out, you, some things will get better. Yeah. I can't do everything. I did do everything in the beginning. I used to, in the kiosk days, I used to have a bicycle and I had the little side baskets, two side baskets, and I had a front basket and I had a backpack and I would backpack milk from the grocery store when we ran out because we had no space there. Yeah. Um, mm. Sometimes I would have to ask a customer if they could just sit there. <laughs> Can you just sit here, like a, a, a regular, yeah. can you just sit here, tell people I'll be back in 10 minutes, I'm going to get milk, <laughs> so that no one, you know, because the place, Tegui Bakken is a little dodgy, and people will just rock up and take your stuff. Uh, yeah. So, so it, but I like, yes. I like that, though. I like <laughs> hearing that the start of, you know, it, as much as, you know, people look at this, look at Sticky Nicky now and go, oh my God, it's so successful and it's been... Everyone thinks it's a franchise. It really pisses me off. Yeah, I know, I know. I, and I, that's why I was like, it is absolutely not. I wanted to make that clear. It's not. And I just think it's... But I think people look at it and go, oh my goodness, it's such a... It's such a success. It's so professionally run. It's got such a great vibe. It's got such great branding. But it's so wonderful to hear that at the start, it was completely MacGyvered and it was born out of absolute Absolutely. kind of well, determination and, you know, yeah. I think we still MacGyver things. Oh, I'm sure you do. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't think you could be, I don't think you could come up with the creative, yeah, flavours if you didn't MacGyver things. That's what I think of it. Think yeah, well, is there a lot um, of experimentation? There there's well? a lot of experimentation, <laughs> and there's a lot of failures uh, as well. <laughs> we won't talk about those. Um, and there's a lot of I dare use from customers, which result in I think that's I think I think James when I, oh, I went away on the first the first time I've ever been on a summer holiday this summer, um, and James made. Uh, meatballs and <laughs> oh my god he made the traditional swedish meatball meal with lingonberry and uh, and uh gurka what's it called uh, oh, cucumber pickle, yeah, pickle yeah. 
Oh, God. Yeah. I didn't get to taste it. I just went, la, 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 la. I pretended like I didn't see it. But yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I have seen that on the, on the Instagram feed, like, you know, you asking people for suggestions about what kind of flavors they'd like to see. And, and you get the best suggestions yeah. from the customers. Yeah. And, and then you get people who just, they're just taking the piss and you're like, oh, I can do that. I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been, um, this, this season, what's been your most successful flavor? Um... Well, the, the, now, this season is has been ridiculous. I think we could literally have put out 12 pounds of just fior de latte and they all would have sold out. I mean, people, it was like people had never seen ice cream in their life this summer. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was so it was warm. warm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Our most popular flavor is probably vegan chocolate. Mm-hmm. We have one dedicated 130 liter pasteurizer to vegan chocolate because we ran out of it and we would get these emails of hatred you posted it on instagram and it wasn't there you're always out of it i have to have vegan chocolate now guys i mean there's quite a lot of vitriol in, involved oh, in ice cream oh, well. <laughs> yeah you we have some hardcore fans yeah hardcore. yeah they don't play around they yeah. want their flavors they want they want their gelato they know exactly when we're closing mm. um i have a lot of their phone numbers in my phone yeah, really. Risky. I know. I know. I can't help it. Like <laughs> the ones, the ones who like their avocado flavor. Uh huh. I think I have about twenty-eight people saved in my phone for avocado, and I send out an SMS to them immediately. This is enough. <sighs> I didn't this year. I'm sad to say I didn't at all. It's been really bad, but. But I think there's. I think maybe yeah. It's just so busy. Yeah. So busy. You can't, you can't please everybody, can no. you? At the end of the day. You can't. That's, and I try. that's one. Yeah. I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. I'm, I'm a yes person. And, and I get really sad when people get upset. Yeah. It makes me sad. I take it so personally. Me too. Totally. I absolutely do. And it's the, it's, I'm, I'm trying really hard to learn that you cannot, you cannot please everybody. And no, if you, you, you can't. You know. <laughs> As somebody said, you're not a jar of Nutella. You know, it's just not going to happen. You just... And, uh, yeah. But I just... That's, again, a life, a, a life lesson. I don't know. Can't please the world. No. No, cannot please the world. But I, 99% of our customers are happy. I bet you they it's are. It's awesome business. But, I, I mean, how can people not... Like... Yeah, I mean, how could... It's kind of a win-win. Because if you go to an ice cream store, you obviously like ice cream. Yep. It's... I'm imagining quite difficult to get ice cream wrong. Oh my good lord, what are they doing? <laughs> There's a lot of things happening in, uh, in Gamlestan right now. <laughs> okay, it's morning, morning deliveries. Everyone has to be in and out before 11 or they get a uh, ticket. Aha. Uh-huh. Except for, of course, our delivery guy who just rocks up whenever. <laughs> Another MacGyver. Sense of what this operation yeah. is like now. <laughs> That's all right. You can be there. Just pre- pretend you don't speak Swedish. <laughs> you didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I was driving around in Sweden for ten years without a Swedish license. I have my U.S. license. Are you not only allowed to have? You're not only allowed no. to have for like one year. You know, and then you I have know. To- <laughs> 
so, so then I went through this uh, traffic um, control where they were stopping every person and checking their license or uh-huh. breathalyzing or whatever mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving the company car full of ice cream going, well, this is it. <laughs> and they... Going they, to prison, people, just let you know. Yeah, just <laughs> let you know I'm gone. And... And for some strange reason, which almost made me religious, they waved me on. Whoa. Yeah. And from that moment, I stopped driving. Maybe you had some fans. Maybe that's what it was. They saw the van. They were like, oh. No, but it's not. It doesn't say sticky nicky on it. Uh Aha. Yeah, I know. We haven't gotten there yet. I was going to (laughs) say. Why not? I don't know. I was like, I'm sure I've seen cars and things with sticky nicky on them before. No? No. Maybe I'm just thinking about your little... um, what, uh, the, ice cream wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Which was at the Uniqlo opening. Yeah. That was so cool. They How did that so all cool. happen? I love Uniqlo and they said, hey, you want to sell some ice cream here? And I said, yes. <laughs> and I think, but that is, is that not also, that contributes to this, to the, to the, the brand awareness yeah. of Sticky Nicky. I mean, you guys are always kind of at the... You know, the, coolest, can, the coolest party we, in town. We, or, we, we say no unless it's... Unless we want to be associated with the person. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be associated with me? Yay! Yay! <laughs> well, you know, nice people get big scoops and all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, um, because that's, yeah, I, I, I was really, um, what, I mean, how did that happen? Did, did they just get in touch with you and be like, hey, yeah, we think you're really cool. We want to. Yeah, pretty much. Amazing. Well, they wanted, they wanted to be associated with um, cool Swedish brands you know what I mean they didn't they they have very particular mm. guidelines for what they wanted mm-hmm. so they didn't invite in uh, like sushi or yeah you know, they wanted yeah. Swedish brands yeah. who would kind of put an Asian twist on things or mm-hmm. a Japanese twist mm-hmm. on things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's so cool that you're mm. considered a Swedish brand oh <laughs> I it feels really weird though because I don't feel Swedish I don't feel American mm-hmm um, I don't know. Mm. I don't. I don't feel Swedish. I'm. I when I go home to the UK now, I don't feel particularly aligned with any of what's with what's happening there. I mean, I do. I guess I do feel Scottish, but okay. After you have uh, alcohol, mm-hmm. can people understand you? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Every Scottish person I've ever met, after they have two <laughs> drinks, I don't understand a word. Yeah, no, I, I, my, my accent is a bit blended, but yeah, yeah, it, is, yeah, yeah. it doesn't sound that Scottish. No. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, what I, I think one, and one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you, obviously, not just because you know, Sticky Nicky is Sticky Nicky, and you're you are the the Nicky of Sticky, <laughs> um, but because this is an immigrant-run business, it is, and it's damn successful. It is. And um, I have absolutely no problem hiring foreigners. Yeah. I sometimes uh, find people who have one or more foreign-born parents to have a different um, work ethic. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Swedish kids are pretty curled. What do they say? Curling. Um, like helicopter parenting. Aha, okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. Right. Or, or maybe it's just the generation of kids. I don't know. Ten years ago the the kids who worked were more capable mm-hmm. and I find now mm-hmm. 10 years later they're less they I think it is a generational thing cleaning glass like clean glass 
how do you clean glass? Do they mirrors cleaning? It's a huge part of the job is cleaning. Yeah, yeah. Ice yeah. cream is everywhere. It's sticky. <laughs> but it, it, seriously, it's it's. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old. No, no, no. Because no, I think no, it's, no. Thanks. Good no, answer. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I I think it's a generational thing as well because I think um, I've heard people talk about this and about and say that there is a especially amongst parents of this or parents of this generation there is that kind of sense of freedom or the you know the sense of being allowed to do what they want not in the sense of you know behavior and stuff but like go out and play on the street or go to the play park and play by themselves that's not there anymore no because parents are too scared to in case something happens there's kind of and yeah. i guess that's where the whole kind of snow in i'm doing air quotes snowflake generation yeah kind of comes into comes into place because parents are kind of more conscious of the big bad monsters that are out there that could hurt them or that they could fall over and smash their heads or i don't know whatever yeah my but, kid just ran full speed into her friend yesterday and got a concussion at school <laughs> She's okay. She's okay. It was just mild concussion. <laughs> mild concussion. Um, but it, when I was a kid, the school wouldn't wouldn't have called. They would have kept the kid at school and gone, ah. You'll be all right. You'll be fine. Yeah. Now they're like calling, telling me, there's been an accident. And you're and like, I'm like, oh, oh my God, what? She's broken her leg. Is she in the hospital? She ran full speed into another girl. I'm like, okay. And? and? <laughs> she has a very big bump on her head. Is she unconscious? No, 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 she's fine. Okay. Well, we were thinking maybe you want to come and get her. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll come get her. Reluctant. <laughs> she's, like, okay. She has a headache. Oh, that's fine. I'll come get her. But now I'm actually working actively for training the next generation of Sticky Nicky ice cream scoopers. Uh-huh. I do this by every time I meet a child from age about 7 to 12, 13, 14, mm -hmm. I tell them, well, you can't work here until you learn to clean properly. So you need to go home and clean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. properly. Mm. The parents look Can at I send me, Stella to you? <laughs> and she train them up. Too young. Teach them to clean. <laughs> but it's a pretty basic, I mean, yeah, it's pretty basic. To, you know, you, you when you when you say somebody says clean this, oh, okay, clean it. But I guess I mean nowadays no. that's not. No, they don't. They don't get it. They don't get it that if you mop a floor with a dirty mop, the floor is going to be dirty. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Or how to mop. Or actually, I, I mean, we teach a lot of basic hygiene. That scares me. Basic hygiene. Like washing your hands before you touch food and stuff. Well, mm, wash your hands. Really wash your scares hands. the crap out of me. Did now. you just did you just come off the the, the Tunabana? Yeah. Wash your come hands. and wash your hands. Oh. But it, that, I mean that's that's in our basic training. So yeah. people but people are pretty good. Mm. Mm -hmm. They're they're by no means uh, stupid. Yeah, yeah. They just no one tells them this. It's basic, isn't it? <laughs> it's terrifying. Basic. Um well, I'm not going to keep you any longer because I know that you're incredibly busy and you've got a season to wrap up. Oh, we have cleaning to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky. We've actually booked in, uh, the ones of us in management have booked in full cleaning days for each store. 
and full inventory day. It's insane. Yeah. There's a lot of work to do in October. Mm. And we have to go to Copenhagen. Ooh, what's happening in Copenhagen? We need to research where we want to open next. Woo! That's so exciting. <laughs> we really want to open in Copenhagen that would be in a couple fantastic. of years. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, I love Copenhagen. Um, and you have another week, is it before Christmas that you're going to we, reopen? We're going to do three weekends in October. Okay. And we're going to do three Saturdays, I think, in December. Yep. With Christmas. Leader sales. Just leaders. Leaders. Okay. Mm -hmm. Rock up, buy a leader, pre-order it, take it home. Brilliant. And it's going to be Christmassy flavors. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Everyone loves the Christmas flavors. I don't think I've ever tried any. Christmas flavors? No. I'm I'm a big my favorite my favorite flavor favorite flavor this summer was um it was from St Eric's Plum mm-hmm. and it was um blueberry and lemon sorbet. Really? Oh my god, it was amazing. Really? It was like, yeah, it was so good. It was wow. refreshing, but it was sweet and it was so oh. hot and sour. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really good. I really liked it. So. Okay, we can see if we can hook you up. James. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah, uh, yeah. I must get into the. I must get involved in the Christmas Christmas flavors too. That's great. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks for inviting me. Is there anything else you want to pitch? Pitch. Um, pitch. New store. New store. No one knows this. No one knows. So it's literally exclusive. exclusive. <laughs> okay. We won't announce it until. Maybe not even until the spring. Wow! I know. Okay. Do you have a? We're location? gonna put a sign on the on the, the, the on the window. So you're not gonna lo- put it on social media. So you have while. the lo- location and stuff. Yeah, we have the location. It's awesome. It's huge. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Lots of work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to it. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.